0: Tell your friends, the Mark
1: and
0: Mac show is back and better than ever. Are you ready? Life LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And uh, Mark, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we need to have a holiday since today wasn't one. I think Friday needs to be one. I'm just saying that we have these snow days built into our schedule and, you know, I'm thinking Friday might be a snow day. What do you think?
1: Well, if you're running it up the flagpole, I'm saluting.
0: <laughs> All right, come on, man. I, I thought we had settled. We were doing the Johnny Carson three-day work week, man. I don't know what you're up at. Anyway. Hey, but uh, hey, good news on the day front. It looks like the Murdoch trial will come to an end
1: <laughs> at some point this week. <laughs> Once again, if you're new to the show. Wow. dave's dave's day job <laughs> yeah, my other job uh, yeah he, 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 uh, dave works uh, for the for nancy grace and uh, you remember nancy grace from her cnn days and of course on other, in other places and now she's all over the podcast realm and and she, and, and it's all and about actually, crime daily show on fox nation yes, and daily show on fox nation yeah.
0: and that that was a big deal you know what mark just to pull the curtain back a little one of the things that <laughs> happened when nancy left cnn hln She was the only reason anybody watched. Yeah. And when you looked at the ratings, that's the way it was. And they went to this thing where they were like, well, what are we going to do? And they tried, look at back at what they tried to do. And October of 2016, when her contract was coming into, you know, it was up for renegotiation and she had a certain, she is a family first person. Okay. Mm. Regardless of what you think about her on the air. Remember, um, television is entertainment. All right. Yeah. She has big ratings because she's entertaining. People love her or they don't. Yeah. And anyway, um, she but it puts her kids and, and husband first. And there are certain things she will not bend on. I'll give you an example: the Murdoch trial ends this week. Well, I can't. I'm not going to say this. The Bottom line is, <laughs> it will probably end line, this week. Yes, the bottom line is that Nancy has a deal in the company that uh, she signed with. Said, you know, when she walked away from the HLN deal and. That's a big deal. You don't walk away from network television because when you're at that level of what she does, there's not yeah, a lot of yeah. options, you know? Yeah. And to be honest with you, half the people that are in positions of power don't like you. Right. So now you've eliminated that pool and the pool was already small. It was, you're in a very shallow pool here and you just made it a lot more shallow. And <laughs> so the guys at red seat ventures believed in, her and they believe when they believe in something, they make it happen. And they said, mm. we'll, we'll get you back on a network. Yeah. And it's like, how, you know? And so she is, it was with Fox. And part of that does happen to be, um, long form coverage of events like this, the Murdoch trial, right. there will be another yeah. one with the Idaho with Coburger because I've been doing that one since it started too. Uh, and those are two, when I say I I've been doing those shows, pulling all the bits and pieces together to tell these stories, oftentimes having to report it myself from the day before they began kind of thing. And you write it all the way through and it's just the way the business is. But anyway, it's my other world is doing that. And by the way, I started doing that because of God opening doors. Right. Yeah. Mark, I'm, I'm just not the kind of guy that ends up on network television. Okay. That's right, not yeah, my thing. Yeah. I mean, you know me, you know how I talk, you <laughs> know what I say and how I, you know, think about that for just a minute. Your radio partner does network television. Right. And, and does it. <laughs> Every day, and has now for over 10 years. Yikes. Yes, that's a God thing. That is not a Mark and Mac thing. That's a God thing. Wow. FM, the Mark and Mac show. And, uh, you know, Mark, in the uh, midst of everything, you and I have, you know, just stuff going on. Right. Um, You went and saw the Irwin Brothers movie. Yeah, uh, Jesus Revolution. Yeah. And...
1: Uh, it's good it's actually good we were chatting about it just a little while ago off you know during the music mm-hmm. and uh you pulled up imdb and we're looking at reviewer comments and and such yeah. and and they're good i mean you go to rotten tomatoes and the score um that's like 52 percent i think mm-hmm. yeah the critic well, score but the audience score is 99 percent right so for those who don't know what it's about,
0: what is it about? Jesus' revolution could be just about yeah, anything.
1: Yeah, well, back in the late 60s, early 70s, the hippies, uh, the hippie movement was was burning out, actually, around that time. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, there were a lot of people, the kids that were in the hippie movement uh, realized what they were looking for was God. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the Jesus' revolution is about uh, a couple of guys – uh, three guys, Lonnie Frisbee, Chuck Smith, and Greg Laurie. Um, Lonnie was a hippie who found Jesus and became a street preacher sharing the gospel with people. Um, and Chuck, uh, Chuck Smith was the pastor of Calvary Chapel. I think that's in Costa Mesa, California, Mm -hmm. a church that was kind of struggling old, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then, uh, Greg Laurie was uh, a kid who came to Jesus because the two of them uh, had shared with him. Okay, and uh, and the uh, and and Greg Laurie ends up becoming the pastor of uh, of another church, a uh, Harvest Harvest Fellowship, I think is the name of it. <laughs> People are screaming at me right now. I can hear yeah. you. Yeah, but you know, I know. And it, but yeah, at any rate, I it's about how that movement got. Turned into something that God used to spread, uh, spread the word amongst the hippies. All these kids getting saved, and then it started. It started spreading. They started hearing news of people in Dallas. The same thing was happening there. Um, uh, they even mentioned Alabama and Florida and Georgia and the like, where where this where the whole the Holy Spirit's moving throughout the country, and it's kids who have been looking for the meaning of life in basically in sex drugs and rock and roll mm-hmm. realize it's not there and they start finding it in jesus Wow! and it, it's a really really it's well done it's well written the cinematography is gorgeous the uh, uh the story is is really good kelsey Grammer uh from frazier and Mm -hmm. uh and cheers uh is pastor chuck smith and he's great it may be one of the best things he's ever done he is a believer too yeah he's he is well i mean he his sister was murdered yeah so uh he he is and um it's a it's a really really good movie it's but
0: let me ask you this mark by it being called jesus revolution mm -hmm. now the urban brothers have built up their career, you know, and we've gone through this before the very first interview they ever did as a, as a camera guys was on video with their dad, Hank Irwin's, (laughs) you know, weekly daily or weekly show on TV in Birmingham. And we were the guests, Mark and I, we met them then. And then through our show, they were able to latch on to casting crowns third day and all Mm -hmm. these bands. Right. And they did music videos and, and they grew their career. If you ever want to know, how do I go, how do I get into making movies? Well, you know, you don't start off with a $20 million feature film. You start off with something small and you build (laughs) over time. And that's exactly what they've done. Yeah. They have built a career to the point where they've done Mm -hmm. uh, like the story of Bart Millard. And I can only imagine, right. Uh, That movie was very successful and uh, they have, had several that have been very successful. Yeah. But if you saw sign Jesus revolution, I'm thinking that's just so much more, uh, out front
1: in your face. Yeah. Well, it's based on the book by Greg Laurie and, um, um, and he, he, I I read somewhere. He said he never dreamed that this, the book that he wrote would end up being this feature film. And Mm -hmm. of course that's kind of how it happens. You never think it's going to be a movie, but, uh, I, I, let's see. Uh, but you liked it. You I thought did. it was a good film. I okay. did. I really. That's the key. I, I did. I liked it a lot. And I saw some. I saw some trailers for other movies that I'm looking forward to. One of right. them about uh, <clears throat> about the mom of a family of people who are in the Christian music business and have been for decades, uh, who moved here from Australia. The guys with for King and Country and Rebecca St James. Their mom. It's a movie called Unsung Hero which when oh. it comes out i, I want to go back and see it now <laughs> yeah. you know
0: so there you go and yeah. mark is a movie guy and believe me we don't uh there yeah. are the there are the so-called religious films mm-hmm. um that are not very good they're not well written they yeah. their hearts in the right place yeah. but they're so heavy handed that yeah. unless you're a member of the choir and somebody who's never missed a choir practice you're not
1: going to dig it okay so. yeah use a lot of language nobody understands this one yeah. this one cuts across all of that it's really Love really it. good
0: Liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mag Show. Good to have you with us today. And, uh, you know, Mark, I, I'm glad you pointed out the movie Jesus Revolution because I did not know about it. Oh. Um, just from this, uh, that's why I've been asking you so much because um, just tied up with so many other things, I've just kind of missed a number of things, you know? Well,
1: I've and, known about it for a while because yeah. when I was working for Scott Dawson full time, there was talk in the office about them working on the movie. And right. we we worked with them here in the Birmingham area to promote Woodlawn. And right. uh and and so we were part of that and and went to the premiere and the whole nine yards for that. And and we knew that uh that they were working on Jesus Revolution. I I can't I I don't know maybe 3 4 years ago. I right. knew about this? Yeah, it takes time. Yeah. They don't they you yeah. you <laughs> the guys who make movies. They spend
0: years on a project. An mm-hmm. actor will spend months. Okay, yeah. it's just the way it is. The life of a producer, director, mm-hmm. and actor. It's like a producer five years, three to five years. The director one to two years. The actor whatever time they're paid to show up.
1: Right? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just remember Scott got uh, uh, the Ir- Irwin brothers. John Irwin sent him a a a copy of the the Time magazine that had mm-hmm. Jesus on the on the face on the cover right. of it that was put out then and part of this movie is there's a, a writer a, a a reporter who's following every you know things are going to the church services going out to the beach and seeing the baptismal services because hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people getting baptized and uh and he's asking people questions and such and in the end you find out you know in the end you find out who he worked for but it ended up being time magazine and it was the cover of time <laughs> was what was happening in California with all these hippies became the cover of time magazine. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, you know,
0: Mark, do you think with what's happening now, you know, we've got a couple of different places in the country right now, having a, a Christian revival.
1: Yeah. Asbury and, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Getting a lot of attention. Yeah. And I will tell you that it's, it's so nice when you see something start to break out and just spontaneously grow. Yeah. And it draws others because they all want that. I remember, uh, at at a Mark and Mac revival tour event. And I remember your niece, Laura, and I'm closing my eyes to picture this. And she was yeah, in the yeah. row in front of me to the right. And it was during, I can't remember who was singing, but Laura was worshiping in such an mm-hmm. honest and open way in that moment. Yep. And I was thinking about 10 other things. <laughs> I was not there. I was not in the moment. Yeah. yeah. And I went, I want that. You know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. what's wrong with me, you know? And mm. I think we all go through that at times. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. it's, it is that. And I think that's what happened. People see it and they go, that's what I'm after. That is what I'm searching for. This, this true worship, this, right. you know, and, but we get caught up and distracted and it, and it's, it's a reality that I'm, my hope is that while people look at it and go, wow, that's mm. amazing. I wish it would happen here. You realize it can, yeah. it's, it, but it takes an open spirit. That's not looking for problems, looking for solutions
1: and just realizing the only solution is Jesus. Yeah. I remember those evenings. I remember, I, I remember, uh, one of those times when, and the thing, here's the thing you and I both were in this business and everything is, is about time. Mm -hmm. It's all about time. Um, that you you're always watching the clock. You're thinking, I have this much time before I have to hit this. I have this much time before I got to do this. This has got to run. Then this, is, and so you're always thinking about time. And even in that in that worship service situation, you're thinking, I got to get these people out of here by a certain time. I got to do this. I got to do that. So all the stuff is on your mind, and you don't. And and it's hard. It's really hard to just let go and let God do what He wants to do. And I, I remember one of those services and, you, and you're, and when you're ready to move on and I just looked over and said, I shook my head and just, just chill just mm. take it easy, let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is that, and it's because, and I don't know what the difference, I guess it's because of, of maybe denominational background differences and such. Cause I've been in, I've been involved in, in a, a handful of different denominations and, uh, just letting God have His way in a service is an important thing to do, but at the same time, uh, you do have to keep an eye on things. And that was something that came out in this in Jesus Revolution in this movie was that uh, Pastor uh, pra, uh, Pastor Chuck Smith at one point had to get a handle on Greg Laurie, uh, not on Greg Laurie, on uh, Lonnie Lonnie Frisbee, because Lonnie got all wrapped up in the more sensational side of things. Mm-hmm. And, and and Pastor Chuck is the seasoned the seasoned guy there who sees the direction things need to go. And so he kind of pulls the reins in and there was a bit of division. There was reconciliation later, not in the movie, but, but, uh, but you know, it's just that experience with God. It's, and Laura, by the way, uh, niece, Laura married to a student, a youth pastor and has lived in a bunch of different places because of that now. (laughs) (laughs) And she's up in Huntsville now. And they're, wow. They're, they've got three kids. Hmm. Holy moly, am I old.
0: (laughs) LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark, as long as we're doing the show, we may as well do some of the prep that you put (laughs) together for the show instead of just rambling on about stuff we want to talk about just because we can.
1: (laughs) Well. Sometimes you know our stuff is better than the prep. <laughs> yeah, really?
0: Well, you know what? It's just amazing to me. And I mean, this in the nicest way possible, but um, when I, I was looking over a couple of the other films that the Irwin brothers have done mm-hmm. that, and, and they've been very successful for what yeah. they do, very successful. And I just think that um, in the back of my head, I have heard people make so many excuses for not doing what they want to do, you know? Mm, yeah. And I will tell you, if you want to do something, You have to go out and do it. Nobody's going to hand it to you. Yeah. And I think that's the frustrating part about life. When I look around at, uh, where the, the world we live in today, where there are so many people who point a finger at somebody else saying, they're the reason I don't have what I want or whatever. Mm, Yeah. And it's like, it's nobody's fault. It's like, if you want it, what are you doing to get it? What are you doing to make that happen? And, and I think that's what I see when I look at the Irwin brothers, I look yeah. at where they're at a point where they can choose to do whatever movie they want to do. Mm. You know, they could have taken a path into the hundred million dollar films had they chosen, you know, they, they're yeah. at that level of director, producer, writers, you know, they, they can pull off the big one. Um, they choose to do a different type of film mm. and look at what they've done. And you're going, man, they really have been consistent at what they're doing, telling uplifting stories
1: and, yeah, I, I mean, think that's what we need, John Irwin. I, I've heard him speak a few times about uh, about using the the medium of film to tell dynamic stories that challenge people and will make them think about their relationship with God and mm-hmm. and doing good movies, really good movies, high quality movies and and he's and they're doing it. They really are doing it. When you look at their at their track record, the films they've done, they're. They have this, they have this thing about making sure the film is a quality movie. It is, mm. and it's not. You know, it's funny. Christian films have a have a reputation of uh, of not being top notch, but everybody in the right. church loves them and they go see them and they champion them. This this movie, Jesus Revolution, is not one of those cheesy Jesus movies. It's just right. not. It is a movie. It's a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one that could be shown in any theater at any time and would please the people you, you would you pay your 10 11 12 bucks for a ticket and you feel like you got your money's worth right it's a good movie um mm-hmm. it's not a movie you'd go to church to see this is a movie you would pay for in a theater it's that good and and that's that's what they're I'm doing. glad you pointed out yeah. the church thing though mark yes
0: because um we have had this years for years there have been movies shown in the church mm-hmm. and it's like When Mark and I first started our show together, um, we didn't know each other. Nathan Park put the show together. Right. And, uh, Mark had years of experience in Christian radio. I had zero. Okay. And, but it didn't, I was, I'm a believer, you know? Yeah. And it was (laughs) funny because the biggest shock of my life, uh, doing morning radio for years, uh, and being a Christian, it you know it's not something you do on Sunday. It's mm-hmm. it's who you are, and so it does come out. And I was invited to speak at churches all over the place, all the time. Yeah. And it got to a point where Ladonna kept my my uh, sermons. She whenever I spoke, she kept my notes. You know. Yeah. The day and time and. Because sometimes it was a very specific thing, like when the Alabama, uh, (laughs) when we were debating having a lottery in the state and churches were getting Mm. really motivated to get involved and vote. And I was asked to speak at a lot of, uh, which is why I know some of the facts about the truth about, you know, the the lottery. Mm. But anyway, I thought, you know, doing Christian radio, I thought, wow, man, you know. I've never heard of this radio station. That was the other part. I've been in Birmingham at that point for over three years and Uh didn't even know what DJC was. Yeah. It meant, and it was the oldest FM in the state of Alabama. Yeah. It was a religious station. Yeah. And it, but it was not listener supported, you know? So I had to learn all this. And that was where, when I got pardoned, Mark had this really bad taste in his mouth about religious radio Mm. because of what had happened to him. Yeah. And so here we are, both of us coming from, an anti I don't want to say anti-religion, but not Christian radio, uh, you know, and we did our own thing. And at first it was a little bumpy. There were a lot of problems, Mm -hmm. but as it smoothed out, it was like, we realized that we have two choices. We can either share the truth to a lost and dying world and get as many people as we can to hear Mm -hmm. it. Or we can try to make the religious view in the choir loft right there by the thermostat (laughs) happy, you know, and, you know, as well as I do, nobody's happy when they're sitting
1: next to the thermostat and they're,
0: I'm feeding. Why am I so cold? Oh, I'm hot. I'm hot. turn it up.
1: You know, and you see those people would go to the movies and then count the cuss words.
0: Yes. <laughs> we don't do that. No. And you know what? If you actually get rid of the hypothetical Jesus of what would Jesus do, get rid of the hypothetical and get the real, what did mm-hmm. Jesus do?
1: That's what he did. So. Yeah that's yeah, where we exactly. come from every single day. Yeah, we and, we tend uh, to follow a Jesus who made a whip out of cords and turned tables over and such. Not not that yeah. sweet that sweet uh, uh Jesus everybody talks about that's got the perfect hair. I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> Jesus Jesus was a revolutionary and uh, he uh, he did what he did what was was supposed to have been done at the time and he upset the religious establishment and and when we did what we did, we were just basically saying to to everybody around us, hey, let's just live our lives, and let's be real, and let's laugh about life. And, boy, you want to talk about people getting mad. People got mad about us laughing at the absurdity of life. That's the thing that <laughs> killed me. Don't you think that's absurd? Don't you think that's a little crazy? Shouldn't uh-huh. we laugh about that and point it out? But, oh, heavens no, we should be angry about it. Well, that's bringing a lot of people to Jesus.
0: life radio.fm it's the mark and mac show and i saw this story out of florida mm-hmm. and wondered what was gonna happen okay <laughs> there are those who like having a dog in the car when they're driving down the road there are others yeah. who do not i am in the i do not like a dog in the car okay, okay? just All so right. you know i'm just throwing it out there LaDonna's is the opposite okay and <laughs> oh. it is uncomfortable at times when she says well i want to bring uh-uh no <laughs> <laughs> No, I, you know, but I'll hold her the whole time. No, you won't. You, you think it's cute for her to walk around. No, I'm going to, I'm not going to die because a dog <laughs> had to go up for a ride.
1: So there you go. All right. Well, uh, dogs would not be able to put their heads out of moving cars under a Florida proposal. That's drawn wide news coverage and considerable backlash. The restriction is part of Senate bill 932, an animal welfare measure introduced Friday by Lauren book, a, Democratic state senator. This is a couple of weeks, couple of Fridays back. Mm-hmm. Books spokeswoman Claire Van Susteren told the Sun Sentinel that the legislation had been presented by the senator by veteran uh, to the senator by veterinarians and other dog, animal advocates concerned about possible injury to dogs riding in cars. But because of the immediate reaction, she said the bill will be changed substantially. She says this is not something that Floridians want. In addition to the ban on heads or other body parts out of car windows, the bill would require that any dog riding in a car be in a crate, restrained Mm -hmm. by a harness or a a pet seatbelt, or under the physical control of a person other than the driver. Right. The bill's other clauses concerning dogs and vehicles are less controversial, including a dog cannot sit on the driver's lap. A dog cannot ride in front of a motorcycle operator. <laughs> a, a dog cannot be transported on the hood, roof, or running board, or in the trunk. Boy, that one fits the, uh, the old, uh,
0: wow. Sometime in the past. Yeah. You know?
1: Uh-huh. And other elements of the bill address declawing. That's just, by the way, people, declawing is cruel and inhumane. Don't do that. Animal testing of cosmetics and te- the tethering of dogs or cats outside. And the hmm. sale of webbits. Oh wow!
0: <laughs> well, again, I understand why this is uh you know causing a, a bit of a rigmarole mm-hmm. because there are the haves and have-nots. So those who don't mind and those that do, and I fall on the side of I don't like a dog in the car. And again, right. it goes back to Ladonna saying, "But I'll hold her." No, mm. you won't. Yeah. You think it's cute for the dog to be in my lap while I'm trying to drive? And they let well, the window down, and I want to throw them out the window, but I can't do it because then I'd end up in jail. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to the dog being in the car and I'm not opposed to the dog's head being out the window. If it's big enough, right? Big enough to be able to reach that, but it's not going to be, I mean, it has to be in the control of like somebody else on, on the other seat. If I go places, sometimes I will take uh, Cooper for a ride. Used to take Kimber for rides. And mm-hmm. I would, I would ask Kimber, "Hey, you want to go for a ride?" And she would be at the bottom of the stairs, barking at me like, "Hey, hey, hey, come on, we're going for a ride, come on!" She, she, she wants to go, but she was never in my lap, and she never tried to get in my lap. Cooper, on the other hand, will try to come across the armrest and get in my lap, and I've had to teach him not to. But mm. I don't have that big of a problem with it myself. And I, but, I, but what this what this appears to be, as far as I'm concerned, is just politicians being busybodies in order to be the hero. Like just, oh, this is dangerous for pets, we're going to save pets by passing this law, and then the general public is like, "Really? Don't you mm-hmm. have something else to work right. on?" It's yeah. All I can think of is, you know, it's better to
0: have them in the cab than dinky trying to keep up. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, uh, Mark, Mm. you know, uh, over the weekend, I kept watching the weather to see what was going to happen in terms of the forecast. Because we keep getting all these reports of this just the Arctic blast in certain parts of the country, and it made me feel bad because I'm talking to some people in those areas, and they're like, you know, really cold and Mm -hmm. snow, and I'm sitting here going, I was digging out shorts that would fit today, you know? (laughs) Like (laughs) that. I mean, we had a day that was in the 80s, right? Yes. <laughs> now, granted that that is 20 degrees above our norm for yes. this time of year, but you know, still. <laughs> so, if you're listening in one of those areas in Idaho or whatever that you know you're you're really buckled down, mm. um, hey man, that's why we live here. One of the many reasons we live where we <laughs> live. So, but it could be worse, you know. Yeah. yeah. Could be it, raining. It could. It's Abby, somebody.
1: Yeah. Abby, <laughs> Abby who? mm Hmm. <laughs> I tell you what you should, I need to send you a link to that YouTube channel. And I know I told you about it during the music, but we haven't talked about it on the, you know, on the show. It's just that, uh, it's this young lady who lives, uh, on the island of Svalbard, Norway, which is above the Arctic circle. It's, right. uh, it's close. Uh, it's 800 miles from the North pole, which is okay. really close. And where it's one of those places where they have, uh, like months of darkness and then months mm-hmm. of sunshine in the summer oh, okay <clears throat> and in the summer uh in the summer it might hit 45 for the high you know wow. <laughs> that's sort of a place wow. and they still go swimming it's just crazy but when it's 45 yes yes i we're indoor outdoors uh, on in it- yeah like they take their boat out and and it's it'll be like 41 degrees and the water temperature is 36 and they get out there and they dip, they dip in it real quick, and then they, and then they jump in again and stay a little bit longer, and then they jump in and they, they, they get, they actually dive in and get completely submerged, and they swim around a bit. It's not like they're spending hours in the water, but they are swimming in very, wow. very cold water. I bet they reenact the Titanic thing every year. You know, <laughs> the movie. <laughs> get
0: off the come on please just let me share that with you there is enough
1: space for two of us on that oh thing. man there's a little town called year-long buy-in uh and uh, it's year long b-y-e-n year-long buy and it's and it's this little bitty one street town and all these people that live there live a, in the arctic circle year round and I, I just don't know i mean that dealing with uh with it being light 24 hours a day, that would just play games with me. The nighttime you know, thing? What's I the
0: purpose? I, I, say what? I just, what's the purpose? What's the point mm. of living in? I'm not knocking. You know, We all have different strokes and all that, but
1: really? I that's have, a, that's I, a choice? I have yet to see what anybody does that justifies them living that far north yeah. all the time. Well, probably has something to do with oil. Or uh, uh, there, It used to be a coal town. I know that. There was oh. a coal mine there. Well, there you um, go. But it's not an operating mine anymore. I'm not really sure what they do. And Maybe this- they're looking to find
0: out where Captain America really did ditch that plane <laughs> at the end of World War II. Now that's the one. Life Radio. FM, the Mark and Mac show. Hey, we were talking okay, in, during the music again yeah. Yeah, and about just different things, but we were talking about people that make podcasts and stuff, mm. and uh, and YouTube videos, rather uh, more YouTube videos than anything else. And uh, there, I'm all right. There are things that Braylon has watched, you know, as he's grown. um We started with, uh oh, goodness gracious me. It was just parents kind of videotaping the stuff with their children, you know, the, yeah. the toddlers. Yeah. And then as they grew, they kind of built something around it when they realized they had a lot of followers or viewers and. Started making a little money with it, and they learned how to do. This. So they started creating adventures. Okay, right now, these adventures are not built for anybody that has um, a mental capability of over <laughs> six. Okay? And, okay, and if they're at six, they're going to go. Oh, that was bad. Okay, uh, just yeah, saying. Yeah. Right, but for a three, four, five-year-old, it is magical that this little kid. You know what? You put on a cape, you put on some big sunglasses, and he becomes super secret Agent Tom. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And anyway, they. Uh, the thing is, watching some of these videos, there will be these adults that are trying to, and I'm all I can guess is their audience is built for four, five, six year olds because that's who they're marketing their goods to, right? Mm. And the thing is, is, there's always another. There's another group right behind them there's always a group of little kids, a group of parents looking for something that is clean and will occupy their children's time, you mm, know? Yeah. And that's what these do. But I'm watching one of these videos with, Aunt, with uh, Braylon and this goes back a couple of years ago, thankfully not recently because if it was recent Mark, I wouldn't have to shave my head, you know, <laughs> I would pull it out, but they're never, they're always looking at the camera. They're having a conversation. There's a, there's a group of three or four people that mm-hmm. are all talking. Yeah. And yet the person who's talking is looking directly at the camera. Oh, I hate Not that. even looking at the people that they're talking to. Oh, I know what you're
1: talking about. I hate that.
0: Oh. And it's like how do you not realize this is bad? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is so bad and you're all doing it and it's not mm-hmm. just her and it's not it's all of you. Yeah. Uh, hasn't somebody read the comments? Like you know, it's rude know. to not talk to somebody when yeah. you're talking. Oh,
1: it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. There's a guy I watched that uh uh, that does a lot of travel stuff. His name is Mike Downey. He's a Canadian guy and he does, he does the same thing. He'd he be carrying on a conversation with somebody and he's looking at the camera, asking them questions while they're standing right. next to him. And I'm yeah. like, Turn to, that's not natural. Don't do that. It's right. just not right. Uh, the next thing, uh, the next pet peeve is for me is the people who are not looking, they're talking to me, right? I'm their audience. But they're right. not lo- they're not looking at me. It's the other right. way around. They're looking at the little flip out screen on their camera <laughs> to see themselves. They're looking at the screen. They're looking at themselves uh, instead of looking uh, at the camera and talking to me. That bugs me, too. Just. Yeah. Come on, people! And (laughs) there was a very clever solution to this. Uh, We've talked about Casey Neistat before, the guy who he uh, he did a vlog a day every day for well over a year. For did it for a couple of years, and he's a filmmaker. Just challenged himself to do that, and he used to wear these Ray Ban sunglasses all the time. Every time you saw him, he had these Ray Ban sunglasses that he had decorated up with his own style. And he said in one of his videos one day, he said the the reason I wear these sunglasses. Is so that I can point my head at the lens and look at the screen, and you don't see me looking at the screen. <laughs> and thank I thank you for not irritating us. That's you know. brilliant.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, what can I do about erasing the spine ninjas from my memory, Mark? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac Show, and crypto mining operation found in school crawlspace now mark mm. my understanding of crypto currency was that you when you were back mining it was mathematical riddles you solved online using a computer not an actual mine with you know right. digging
1: and shovels correct. right yeah okay. correct um so, all right you gotta explain to me why <laughs> right. how this was found in a crawl space. Right. Police say a former employee of a Massachusetts town is facing charges of allegedly setting up a secret cryptocurrency mining operation in a remote crawl space at a school. Nadim Nahas, he's thirty-nine, was scheduled to be arraigned last Thursday on charges of fraudulent use of electricity and vandalizing a school, but he didn't show up, and a judge issued a default warrant after rejecting a defense motion to reschedule. <laughs> His defense attorney. Your Honor, can we reschedule? No. police responded to cohasset middle uh, school high school in december of 2021 after the town's facilities director found electrical wires temporary ductwork, and numerous computers that seemed out of place while conducting a routine inspection of the school chief wow. william quigley of the cohasset police department contacted the town's it director who determined that it was a cryptocurrency mining operation unlawfully hooked up to the school's electrical system. Crypto mining, that's the process of validating cryptocurrency transactions and creating new cryptocurrency, consumes vast amounts of electricity. Nahas, the town's assistant facilities director, was identified as a suspect after a three-month investigation. After a show cause hearing, a criminal complaint was issued. Nahas was subsequently resigned from his job with the town in early
0: 2022. All right, so... This guy is using his brain and everything else to mine for cryptocurrency, and yet he chose to do it. Uh, Look, man, you don't have to make this a crime. No, you're going underneath. Why? This is somebody who decided, you know what, Mark, I could do this at my house in the comfort of my own home with clean (laughs) surroundings, but instead, I'm going to be a criminal about it. I'm going (laughs) to dig a hole, I'm going to get dirty. I'm going old school yeah. crime on this because it's not against the law to do what I'm doing. Right. But I'm going to make it. This is like the guy. Remember in the movie Goodfellas, uh, the guy, that uh, the short guy with the toupee. Um, uh, Dan, uh, oh, he was always cussing.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Little guy. He's in Home Alone. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I don't. I, know, I
0: can't remember his name. I,
1: I can't either. And, and, oh, Mark. And, yeah, that's terrible. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> I know what you're but, talking about. Yeah, but.
0: anyway, the, his true life, the guy that he played, though, OK, in mm. real life um, was so bad. He he was like this. Um, he wanted to be a criminal so bad that after Prohibition, um, he would uh, he would get like um, Joe Pesci. I had to look it up. I'm sorry.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: I was it, in the middle Tommy, of looking it up. <laughs> Joe Pesci plays this guy, Tommy DeVito in the movie. Right, Good yeah. Well, after Prohibition was lifted and alcohol was legal again in the United States that guy, Tommy DeVito would actually illegally import crown something or other from Canada Mm. because it was illegal in the U S. Wow. All right. Because even after prohibition, he was such a hard nosed criminal. He had to break the law by finding the only liquor that was against the law to have. Wow. And that's, and that's what this guy did with the crypto. Perfectly legal to do all these things, but instead, he, he st-
1: wanted to make it a criminal he, enterprise. He, so he stole electricity. That's what right. it amounted to. He said, yeah. well, I'm going to do this, but I'm not paying for the electricity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him standing before the judge. Hey, Your Honor, I almost had this off the ground. Mark and Mac Mornings, only on LifeRadio.fm.
0: LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, to go from um, a guy doing crypto mining operation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. creating a crime where one should not exist, <laughs> to a Welsh family's uh, desire to do something uh, on the world record scale mm-hmm. is just kind of a... This is like, how How would you explain the Mark and Mac show? Uh, they will go from the sublime to the ridiculous at the turn of a screw. It's whiplash
1: on your dial. There you go. That's it. And yeah, it's, it's on your radio dial. Oh, my right. God. <laughs> and it is a Guinness record story. What is
0: that? It's a, it's a major award. Shucks, I wanna know, Dad. It looks like a lamb.
1: A family of Welsh farmers broke their own Guinness World Record when they harvested a sunflower head that weighed four. 18.21 pounds farmer kevin 40 he's 44 grew the massive sunflower with the help of his brother gareth son jamie and mother marjorie the sunflower weighed 2.71 pounds more than 40's previous family record uh the, the family's previous record breaking sunflower head which was harvested in 2021 He told Guinness World Records, I was shocked by the weight of this monster flower. The sunflower is from a family seed line called Forty Giant Sunflowers. The family said the line stretches back more than 100 years. Wow. He he says uh, growing any plant takes time, dedication, commitment, experience, and skill. The heavier headed sunflower plants need a better planned structure to grow up as the sheer weight of the heads couldn't be grown without some form of support. So they well, got to build some kind of support structure to grow the sunflower heads to make them this big. Hmm. I I, I for some reason I feel like calling fraud on this because if, if you've got to have if you've got to build a scaffold to hold up your prize-winning sunflowers, is that is that really? <laughs> come on. If I drive by your field of sunflowers and I see a field of scaffolding, it's just not the same.
0: Well, what if they pay people to stand there and hold it, you know?
1: Well, they then take six hour shifts. Well, now you're talking about entrepreneurial, uh, genius. You are employing people.
0: I'll <laughs> hold up. What are you doing? <laughs> you're holding a sunflower head.
1: Huh? <laughs> yeah. They would protest. They'd want 15 bucks an hour. <laughs> Live radio.
0: FM, the Mark and Mac show. And oh, I meant that. Oh, Mark over the weekend I mm-hmm. almost bothered you because there was something that it got me it was a commercial uh, about the Super Bowl you know champion quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, going to Disney you know they get them, the big yeah. thing was uh, when they they are on the field they have just won the game and I'm going to Disney World remember yeah, that right yeah we, we had 15 20 years of, I'm going to Disney World and Patrick Mahomes said, I'm going to Disneyland resorts. You know, yeah. it was like, what? <laughs> what did you, was, yeah. No, man. I And and I was shocked because he said Disneyland. And I thought, yeah. I wonder if he got it wrong. Hmm. But that was actually the whole thing. They went with that whole Disneyland resorts theme. Huh. And uh, yeah, so there you have it. I was shocked. And, and I thought I know, he got that. it wrong. Yeah, uh-huh. but he didn't. He got it right.
1: Yeah. Well, Disney, <laughs> Disney has had to issue a warning because of TikTok. Oh, I thought it was Go Woke, Go Broke. Sorry. No, no. God, I was just looking at something else that they're into. The, yeah, well. Oh, gosh, people. just It really is. As much as it hurts my heart, it's time to just turn your back and walk away from Disney. It really is. Actually, it's past time. A dangerous TikTok trend that encourages riders on Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout to break the rules in order to increase airtime on this drop tower ride has forced Disneyland to issue a safety warning at Disney California Adventure in California. The new warnings posted on Tuesday are due to a recent TikTok trend of improperly securing seat belts on the attraction. Disneyland officials say there have been multiple incidents of unsafe guest behavior on guardians of the galaxy mission breakout. Guests who don't follow the safety protocols reminding riders to keep seat belts securely fastened and tight against the waist will be asked to leave the park, according to Disneyland officials. The actions of a few stupid visitors blindly following social media influence influencers could endanger other riders. According to Mice Chat, an online online community for (coughs) Disney fans, Um, according to Mice Chat, (laughs) the stupid actions of some guests have resulted in a safety crackdown by the Disneyland Resort. You'll see all sorts of things on social media these days, but blindly following an influencer to do potentially dangerous things can hurt more than just yourself my chat yeah it's uh that goes up there with crime con mark yeah it does it does <laughs> trust me there is so much of that kind of stuff in the disney in the disney universe it's just yeah it's a it's kind of crazy anyway mm-hmm. um this uh guardians <laughs> of the galaxy thing used to be the hollywood tower of terror it's the tower of terror right so if you know if you know hollywood studios at disney world you know the tower of terror it's it's a it's like a it's a ride. You strap into a seat in an elevator and it, it moves you up and down and up and down. And it's, you do get, I mean, you do get weightlessness because you're not falling. You're being pulled down faster than gravity would pull the car down. And so you're getting flung around quite a bit. Having a loose seat belt on something like that is just an invitation to be thrown out of your seat, break your neck on the top, fall on other people and hurt them too. Mm. And that's TikTok for you.
0: Life Radio .fm, the Market Max show. And you know, we started off the show talking about the uh, movie you went to see over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, really awesome time to go to the movies when you can see a movie about Jesus and you know, I, the impact that he has. Yeah. Um, you know, but the last time I went to the movies and I'm trying to remember what I think it, it wasn't, it was the second to last time, the last movie I went to was with Braylon and it was a kid film. But I remember going to a movie theater, and had a crying baby. Mm-hmm. And while I'm there, I'm thinking, you know, there are certain places yeah. where you, you, you don't get to go, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it, no, it's not discrimination against you no. having a baby. It's about, I just paid 12 bucks to see a movie in a theater and i don't want my experience ruined because you had to bring your screaming crying baby right and i know that sounds really harsh but you know come on man we didn't take uh, hannah you mm-hmm. know when she was a baby yeah. and i didn't take her
1: out like that and we've talked about this before it used to be a, it used to be a thing you knew and your parents told you well mm-hmm. you when you have a kid it's going to be a few years before you have a social life again yeah just that's just it you you are now parents and you are going yeah. to be focused on this child for the next few years. And you will, one of the things you'll be doing is teaching that child how to behave in public. And, and sadly, nowadays you see parents dragging their little bitty babies everywhere. I mean, everywhere. We were just talking a little while ago about, uh, about Disneyland in California. You see people pushing the little strollers with little bitty babies mm-hmm. in the, in the big theme parks. Yep. I mean why the baby doesn't know what's going on the nope. baby doesn't can't relate the baby's not excited about seeing Mickey Mouse the nope. it's all about the parents it's all about the parents and it's it just drives me nuts drives me nuts mm-hmm. but apparently a movie theater in New Jersey has seen a way to make money off of this <laughs> I love it they're hosting a bring your own baby matinee screening the Claridge in Montclair says all parents and caregivers of new babies are welcome. They're hoping new parents will be able to bond over the joys of parenthood while enjoying a newly released film, of which they will see only part because they'll be spending so much time dealing with their child. Theater lights will be dimmed but not off, and the volume will be moderated as well. It can be a family affair with big siblings too. Children under the age of five enter free. I
0: love it. Ah, Good. The thing is, It's going to be a BYOB, and there's going to be a drunk that shows up saying, (laughs) here's my baby. (laughs) LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark, we have talked a good bit about um, Christianity, uh, about Jesus, the revival happening in different parts of our country and how it is happening. And uh, a friend of mine, Larry Ragland, Ragland, is a pastor and this is what he wrote, uh, last night He said, y'all tonight was pure. Jesus He's got a picture of, uh, his church and it's of the altar, um, you know, taken from about mm. the fourth or fifth throwback yeah. and showing all the people standing there at the altar, uh, some kneeling and praying, crying a lot going on, uh, Mary, the praise and worship team, a couple of them are on hands and knees. I'm mm. looking at it right now. But anyway, he said that uh, this is what got my attention. Okay. Y'all tonight was pure. Jesus make no mistake about it. The devil has overplayed his hand. He pushed too far. Mm. People have had enough. He writes a number of other things, you know, but I wonder about that sometimes, Mark. I think that, you know, as Christians, we uh, don't point our bony finger of righteous indignation at the world for doing what the unsaved people do. It's not what we do. I mean, uh, okay, we being... Those are the faith who don't count cuss words in a movie. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm not saying that those don't exist cause they do, but you know, the reality. Sure. Um, but the thing is, I wonder because just like anything else, we'll tolerate things because like uh, my goal is to share Jesus with you. You know, I'm not going to grab a helm, a bat and beat you over the head. I yeah. mean, I just want you to know Jesus because Jesus, he'll take care of everything. And I know that because he did in my life. Yeah. And because I know that, I don't care what you do or have done. It doesn't matter if, you know, I need to be the example of Jesus. I need to be what Laura was for me that day in church. Yeah. You know, the example of, uh, of, of what Jesus can do. We don't follow, and you know, Scott Dawson, how huh, bless his heart for <laughs> yeah. telling me this one yeah. day because we were talking about preachers who fall and he said, Jesus didn't say, follow my followers. He's follow me. And so when a pastor says, this was all about Jesus, this, you know, a lot of past, a lot of people would say, I preached a great sermon and we had a, you know, but that's not what it is. It's Jesus. And Mm. when a pastor points that, you know, he's doing the right thing, it's Jesus. Amy, it's Jesus. I'm thankful I was a part of this. Anyway, I just wondered Mark when there would be enough because there are, there are plenty of Christians who are believers. They are sold out believers, but in the world we live in, you know, you sometimes have to keep your mouth shut because this is not the hill to die on. This is not the fight to have. Mm-hmm. And yet, because of the way things are, we as Christians are really pushed to a breaking point of having to, you know, plant our feet and say for me, enough's enough. I, I am, I am a believer of Jesus and what your demanding i do is not something i'm going to do and uh i think we're at that point for a lot of people we've gotten to that point of you know what do what you want to do but you're not you know you don't need my approval and you're not going to get it right and i just it's so frustrating it really is LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. And, Mark, when I first saw the headline on this story, I'm not kidding. I went, where is LaDonna? Where is my wife? Okay? Immediately, it was, oh, my goodness. Well, she doesn't live in Georgia, so you're safe. (laughs) But we're close enough to it that Mark... You know, I know our kids are over there. We got two out of our four children in the Atlanta area. So yeah, it
1: could be. Well, around seven forty-five PM Saturday, a woman ordered food at the Popeye's restaurant in Augusta, Georgia. The woman claimed that her order at the fast food restaurant was missing biscuits. A Popeye's manager informed authorities that the order was corrected and the customer was given her biscuits. However, the woman was reportedly still not happy. Hmm. She instructed the restaurant staff to hurry up with the order because she was coming back, according to the Popeye's employees. Apparently, she got, you know how it is, you go to the drive-thru, you pick your stuff up, and you get home, and ah, it doesn't have this in it. She allegedly Uh, made several threats to the staff of the Popeye's in Augusta, (laughs) even threatening to drive her car into the restaurant. According to the incident report from the Richmond County Sheriff's Office, an 18 year old employee was standing near the front of the building and was almost struck by the car. When the woman's SUV crashed through the restaurant, the woman smashed into the Popeye's restaurant and then punched the gas pedal and drove another four feet into the building. After the initial crash, the woman stopped crashing into the building after debris prevented the SUV from moving any further. According to the arrest warrant, nobody was injured. By the woman ramming her car into the Popeye's restaurant, though. Mm. The woman fled the crime scene. Four days after a vehicle drove into the Popeye's restaurant, police arrested a suspect. On Wednesday, police arrested Belinda H. Miller. Authorities said that Miller's vehicle was found at her home with front-end damage. Wow. Just wow. Yeah. Why did it take four days? You know? Uh, Come on. Ah. if, well four i don't days. know you, you got all these people you've you got somebody who's just rammed into your place mm-hmm. i guess I, I guess they're all scurrying for cover and they Those don't know biscuits. what's going to happen next so nobody's looking for a license plate right yeah
0: no i'm with you there yeah,
1: yeah. i'm just four
0: days anyway she all right how many of us have been in that you pointed it out you know you get home for the drive through mm-hmm. and you look and you go oh come on yeah um, all right popeyes in particular when when Ladonna was pregnant with hannah that was her thing. You yeah. know, women do, uh, while they're pregnant, have different things that become a deal. And that oh, yeah. was it. She wanted yeah. red beans and rice from Popeye's. And oh. by the way, she wanted Mardi Gras mustard with her chicken. Hmm. I don't know what Mardi Gras mustard is. It's obviously something with Popeye's, but okay. had to get it. So I was used to doing it. Matter of fact, Mark, okay. All through the pregnancy at all hours of the day and night. Okay. <laughs> I would be on the road. Didn't matter. You know, it didn't matter because I was doing a morning show didn't got to be up at 45 so what it's 12 15 i want you know but honey there's none open anyway
1: well we've got a kitchen get busy yep so but it ain't popeyes
0: so even after she had hannah okay she has hannah at four o'clock in the afternoon and everything's all done it's like, oh there's my baby And i'm not kidding they're getting ready to take her to the room you know away from the delivery room into her room you know mm-hmm. and she's like dave dave look at me some ribbons right <laughs> I haven't held my, can I, 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 we're, we're cutting. Can I wait till we cut the umbilical cord, baby? Just give me a couple minutes here. Oh, good grief. So, but now I have had to go through enough drive-thrus in my life to know to check the bag, you know? Yeah. Oh, you laugh, but
1: oh. I know <laughs> I, we've been all been through it where you mm. step, where you've, yep. you've gotten at home or you've been on the road and you, uh, you know, you stop off and you get your bag and hit the road and you realize a couple of, a couple yep. of more exits down. This is not my order yep. or wait, Thing where's is, my French fries or something. Yep. Yeah. I don't leave. I, I'm oh, like, I don't anymore either. They no, get, You uh, can
0: honk, do whatever you want, but I'm checking this bag mm, and they, they always look at you like there's something wrong with you, you yeah. know,
1: and, and you, you're going you would be very surprised how quickly they can fix that order if you refuse to pull forward.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, why would I pull it? That's what I get whenever you're going to fast food joint, you know, and, and getting away from Popeye's for a minute. Yeah. Why is it? I'm at a drive-thru at McDonald's, for example, where mm-hmm. I ordered a hamburger and fries and a soft drink. Okay. It's what you serve. Okay.
1: That's it. it is, this is, this what, is you what you do. do. So
0: I'm not going to pull forward and wait. There's no point in that. Right. Why would I pull forward? You know, <laughs> if you don't have it ready now, you know, no, just hand me what you got. They all taste the same, you know, Oh, good grief. but I ain't ramming my car in. I mean, no, again, she, no. but they corrected the order. She got her biscuits. She went home and rethought about this and Went, Nope.
1: Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> Man, they closed the Jack's Hamburgers in pinson for I don't know how long because one of the employees got hacked off, and one day decided that's it, and drove her (laughs) drove her minivan through the front of the place. Wow, is this catching? Is this spreading? (laughs) Sounded like a good
0: idea at the time, Judge. LifeRadio.fm, the mark and mac show and you did that just to grind my here. I, I know you did <laughs> right before we start okay we're talking about something getting ready and mark goes yeah and they parked in a handicapped spot <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're talking about fast food and yeah, but there's dude, there's an alabama based uh fast food chain called jack's hamburgers and uh <laughs> mikey mike Eccles, and i go uh go to jack's and not every weekend it's like maybe once a month We've got a handful of different places we go to and we'll grab a, a bite of breakfast and then go to the thrift stores. And um, this one that we go to, um, we, the one that we go to, every time we go, this, the crew is different. We've never seen, except for the woman that bakes their biscuits, Martha, we see her every time we're there. But the rest of the crew, always different. There's never the same crew there anytime we go. And the, turn, the turnover must be insane. It just got to be crazy and on top of that almost every time we're there i see one of the members of the staff walk out to their car and it's parked in a handicap spot (laughs) and they don't have a handicap placard a Mm. tag or anything Mm. and i'm like come on people which is probably why they don't work there for very long because Mm. somebody says you can't park in that spot and they say you Uh, can't tell me where i can park and they quit uh, you know (laughs) buddy i you know mark
0: dollar general has spots right out front that are handicapped clearly marked clearly marked and every day i see people that have no business parking they're parking there Mm -hmm. and it's like how can you be so self-entitled to ignore this yeah i mean it just again i have days where it's hard you know Mm -hmm. and i don't park there yeah when before my mother-in-law passed away If I was driving, we didn't park there. I would drive them to the front of the store, them being LaDonna and her mother. Mm -hmm. I would drive them to the front of the store. I would let her get. Then I would go park. And the reason was there might be somebody who doesn't have somebody else driving and they need that spot for convenience. And yeah, they deserve it. It, It's difficult enough in life. And it just boggles my mind that people just don't care. I wish there was a way. I really do. Here's that the, the regular human beings could put a chalk on those tires. They couldn't go anywhere. You park in the handicapped spot without a tag, without a
1: placard, you're staying here till the cops show up. Here's and another, you lose your car. Here's another one for you. Next time you see a vehicle backed in, parked in backwards, parked backed into a handicapped spot, walk around it and see if it's got a handicap plate. It won't have one. They know they're parking yeah. in a handicap spot and they back yeah. into it to cover themselves. Yep because they know well nobody on the nobody's going to be able to check my plate that way
0: yeah. you know I'll tell you it, uh, there have been days when I don't I don't use a cane all the time I do have one yes. and it's just for those really bad days when I have bad days I don't go anywhere I stay home yes. and if I can't stay home and I have to go then I will take the cane with me just mm. in case but I'm not kidding there have been a couple of times where I've thought I've got a cane that I could put a really sharp you know I could screw in a couple of screws knock them off with a pair of pliers and have really sharp ends and accidentally (laughs) fall into a car that's parked in a handicapped spot. (laughs) It's an accident. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to fall, but I'm handicapped. (laughs) (laughs) You're in my spot. Yep. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show and uh, first class passenger, Mark. I got to say, when you start you know, the glass hole thing, you know, a lot of people get freaked out at it, mm. but I don't know what else you call it. I guess they've changed the, the things they call, you know, like I always thought of rich and poor, you know, it's <laughs> a, you got the rich folk up in the front. You got the poor folks back here. Yeah, I'm the one sitting next to John Candy and he's over there, you know, taking his socks off. That's me right there. That's oh, right. Yeah. My dogs
1: are barking. Yeah. Well, Wednesday afternoon, 36 year old Tiffany miles. We know her age because she's in trouble. Uh-huh. Aha! <laughs> was one of many passengers you know mark <laughs> it's either the age of a woman or the middle name for a man that's right know? yes yeah. <laughs> she was one of many passengers on american eagle flight three four 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 heading from jacksonville florida to miles hometown of washington dc during the flight witnesses said miss miles became unruly after a flight attendant informed her that there would be no alcohol served on the flight uh, oh no Ms. Miles claims she had attempted to order a cocktail twice to no avail. In fact, uh, not, not in your version. She'd already had a couple in the airport. She says, I have anxiety, so sometimes I need a cocktail to cool off and calm down. Reports indicate that after Miles was rebuffed for a drink uh, a second time, she neither cooled off nor calmed down. She supposedly began traipsing about the cabin and at some point made a move toward the front of the plane. She claimed she was headed for the restroom, but the flight crew claimed she tried to charge the cockpit. Wow. Miles, <laughs> one of the flight officers, radioed to Raleigh-Durham Airport Authority Police, um... And told them that she tried to uh, breach the cockpit, a cockpit, that is. And she she had to be somewhat restrained by the flight crew and other passengers. The captain eventually decided to make an emergency landing at the Raleigh-Durham airport at around 3.30 p.m. And crew members kept Miles in the back of the plane with her hands bound by a zip tie until they landed. FBI agents were waiting for Miles when the plane landed, and Mm -hmm. they did question her. However, she has not yet been charged with any federal crime. She was charged with the local crime of misdemeanor airport obstruction. After a brief detention, she paid the $1,000 bond and hopped a Greyhound bus to D.C. And they expect her to arrive
0: sometime next year, <laughs> uh, possibly fall. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And hey, as we wind things down today. Um, give a hoot, don't pollute. Woodsy the Owl said it does when we were <laughs> children, but now we celebrate it, Mark. We celebrate I know throwing that. trash in the water. <laughs> what? Don't is- throw it in a trash can. Throw it in a, You know what? Claim you put a message in and throw it in the water.
1: Uh-huh. What is the deal? I hope that someone gets my, I hope that
0: someone gets my. message in the
1: Well, let's all hope somebody does. Depends on where you throw it, I guess. In the A visitor to a state park in Pennsylvania found a bottle on the ground in the woods, on the ground Hmm. in the woods, that contained Uh a message from a family, a family camping trip some 50 years earlier. It had been there for 50 years. Joe Frasetta said he and his wife, Marcy Maury, were at Fowler's Hollow State Park in Perry County when he saw what he initially thought was trash on the ground well, it was, Frasetta picked up the bottle and noticed that there was paper inside with writing on it. He told WGAL-TV, I'm thinking, well, uh, people don't usually write on their trash, so maybe there's something here. <laughs> the bottle contained Bernard Moore's campground receipt for six bucks from August 31st, 1973. As Yes, that was 50 years ago, as well as a paper plate that bore messages written by five members of the Moore family during their camping trip. He said, Mm -hmm. it brought back memories for me of my camping in a state park. Mowry, president of the Pennsylvania Parks and Forest Foundation, uh, shared the story with the organization's newsletter in the hopes of tracking down one of the campers or a relative. Hopefully we can connect up with the family that left this message and return it to them. That would be awesome, they say. Hmm. Yeah, with a five hundred dollars fine for littering.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Wait a minute. Mark and Mac are back.
1: The Mark and Mac Show weekday mornings on liferadio.fm. Life FM. FM.